Hello, everyone. This is Jim Horton with uh, the podcast of Zach's Life, a story of love, addiction, loss, grief, and recovery. And I'm uh, so thankful to have my good friend Isaac here with me today. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about his story, uh, how that correlates a little bit with uh, Zach's story, and, and kind of focusing on, uh, on loss uh, tonight. So, you know, please, uh, you know, just, uh, follow along. Think about how this, everything we talk about, how it, uh, relates to you. And, and, uh, uh, this is the, uh, f- the first, uh, episode from, uh, from the home studio. In fact, uh, I'm in, uh, Zach's bedroom. So we've turned Zach's bedroom into the podcast studio. So as I look around, I see, uh, I see a whole bunch of, uh, you know, some of Zach's uh, old toys, a uh, little Green Bay Packer helmet. Uh, there's some karate uh, belts uh, up there on the wall. So uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's a familiar place. Uh, it, it has a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of memories and a lot of thoughts rolling around here. But uh, let's get started this evening. So anyway, Isaac, so nice to have you here tonight, man. Jim, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh Isaac, let's just take a minute and tell uh, tell everyone listening kind of how we uh, how how we met and how we came together because okay. it, it's an interesting journey, isn't it? The, the way that uh, is, the way you come together with uh, with yeah. people and the people that touch your lives and you become close to and you become one of those guys for me. So yeah. anyway, go ahead, t- well, tell I our story. That. Thank you, Jim. Likewise, man. Um, yeah, um, I'm currently um, living at a sober living house right now. I'm in recovery for alcoholism and. Uh, I believe you and Lynn uh, go around uh, giving treats and uh, goodies to uh, sober, different sober living homes in the area. And um, I happened to come home from work one day and <laughs> be hungry. And I seen some treats on the countertop and, you know, um, opened them up, ate them. And uh, there was a note. I seen the note that you guys left um, talking a little bit about Zach's journey and um, um, about your guys's loss. And um, at the bottom there of the note, I believe it was, uh, I think, your, your phone number. Right, right. And um, I was compelled, you can say, to reach out. You know, I usually wouldn't do something like that. Um, I would probably just ate the brownie and went to bed or, you know, had some, you know, had some milk with it or whatever. But um, for some reason, I was drawn to the number and drawn to the story. And uh, I, I uh, reached out. And uh, since then, we've kind of been in contact and kind of been hanging out. Um, I learned a little bit about Zach's story um, and uh, his journey, his life, his impact, his heart. And um, yeah, man, um, I have a brother who uh, passed away a couple of years ago um, due to overdose. Um, so, yeah, I connected with that. And I'm very blessed, man, to have met you and Lynn. Likewise. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Yeah, likewise, yeah. likewise. It's been pretty cool, man. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, one of the things that we're doing with the sober living homes and, you know, uh, the, the Zachary Horton Foundation, our, our primary mission is to eliminate the stigma of addiction. Right. And, and in the beginning, that message for me, Isaac, was just to go out to the parents to help parents to understand, hey, the more we talk about it, the more we talk about problems that are happening, uh, w- you know, with our children and with our families, the more open we are about it, 
and we eliminate the stigma about it, the more we'll talk about it and the more lives it can be saved, right? right? <clears throat> but then very quickly, uh, I, I saw that also that, that the y- young people in recovery, they also begin to experience that stigma of addiction. Now, when they're in the middle of it, they're just on the run, man. They're just having fun. They're surviving, right? right? They're, they're having fun in the beginning, then they're just surviving. Yeah. But as they begin to get sober and as they start to experience some recovery, the shame and the guilt sometimes become so overwhelming, uh, I think, and that that's where the stigma of, of the addiction hits them. And so it's not treated like a, a regular disease. All of a sudden, it's, it's just they start to feel bad. So the better they become initially, the worse they feel because their mind starts to clear up and they realize how many people they've hurt. So right. one of the things that Lynn and I want to do in, in providing, you know, gift baskets or whatever to the sober living uh, homes is to help everybody there start to feel normal again. You guys right. need to know that you're loved, that, right. that we, that we care about you yeah. and that you have value and that you have worth, even if you don't think you do, because there's times that all of us feel bad about things that we've done or whatever, but you need to know that, that we're there. So anyway, th- thank you for reaching out. And, and again, yeah. your life has certainly been a blessing to me too. And, yeah. and, uh, we're going to continue to be friends for a long time. I know that's for sure. For sure, man. I can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Big things coming, man. There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, Isaac, t- t- tell us a little bit tonight, if, if you don't mind, start by just kind of t- telling us your story and, and, and how you got, how you got here. Wow. My story, the condensed version. Right? Condensed for, yes, um, yes. Yeah, man. Um, well, um, currently I'm 33 years old. Uh, I'm married two children. I have two daughters, 12 and eight. Um, and I struggle with, uh, alcoholism. Um, it's something that's been, uh, running in my family for quite a while. Uh, my father was an alcoholic, uh, uncles. Um, so it's, uh, been an ongoing struggle for me, um, for the past, I'd say I, st- I started drinking around 18, 18 years old. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a blessing and at the same time, kind of a curse because recovery is something that you need to always kind of maintain and you need to be running a program. I have a sponsor, um, that I've known quite a while now. Um, I have lots of support and lots of accountability partners. So recovery is a part of my life. It's something that I've accepted. Um, but it wasn't until I was in rehab about a year and a half ago, close to two years where, um, I actually admitted that I am an alcoholic before, like you said, I was just partying, just having a good old time. And, um, you know, um, just, just being a young man, you can say, but, uh, once I started coping with life, um, through the bottle and once I started drowning my sorrows, um, with alcohol, I quickly learned that it kind of just activated this thing in me. And now, now that I know, um, now I know it as uh, the disease of alcohol, al- alcoholism. So, um, yeah, man, um, it, it's been, it's been quite the ride, but I've learned a lot, you know, and, um, I'm very blessed to be where I'm at right now. I'm sober and clean, very happy and, uh, working towards bettering myself. So, so now, Let's step back a little bit. You you said that that you were eighteen when you started drinking. So right, now Prob- I, I, probably I, a little earlier to be honest. But seriously, started really drinking a okay. lot when I was eighteen. It okay. was around sixteen, 
Okay. Around 15 where I experienced with it. But okay. So, so again, if, you know, for, for people listening to the, the podcast that don't have the background, right. You know, and don't understand how that is. It's, <clears throat> it's, it's very seldom that, uh, someone takes one drink and decides, you know, right. Oh dude, I want to be an alcoholic. Right. Right. Or, or, uh, or they even take a drink and all of a sudden they can't ever stop again. Right. That wasn't it. So, so you're, you, you started the process back in your, in your mid teens. Right. It sounds like, and then you just, it just continued to develop. Right. Were there, were there things happening uh, at, at home and you don't need to go into detail, but, or, right. or at home or in your environment or that uh, peer pressure or, or what was the, you know, right. what, what was What was the thing? Um, Isaac, that, that, that drove you to go in deeper and deeper. Right. Um, honestly, I believe, uh, my mom and dad, um, raised us. I had two parents in, in the household. We had a very loving home. Um, it's kind of weird, but it was, I like to call it a beautiful mess. (laughs) You know, it was, we had love in the home. We celebrated the holidays and birthdays, but my uh, there was a lot of fighting. Like I said, my father was an alcoholic. He struggled with it. Um, so there was a lot of uh, um, uneasiness, you can say. Um, so, and as a young kid, I was pretty insecure. You know, people know me now as, you know, pretty optimistic, uh, pretty outgoing, very social. But um, when I was a young kid, young man, I was very insecure, um, very unsure of myself. So I think that um, drinking for me kind of gave me that liquor courage, you can say. So it made me more outgoing. Um, but I do remember uh, pretty vividly when I first did drink, um, me and my brothers, I believe, snuck a beer, just one can um, from the fridge. And I remember actually drinking it. It was pretty warm still. And um, I just remember that feeling of not being in my head and just kind of feeling something other than my own thoughts. So... Um, yeah, it, it was pretty gradual. Um, like I said, as I got older, it became more of a coping mechanism. It became more of a mask, uh, just kind of covering up how I felt at that time. Um, like I said, with all the insecurities and uh, um, things I've seen at the home, uh, my parents fighting. Um, I had uncles, like I said um, earlier, who were uh, struggling with addiction and kind of just uh, were in gangs, sold drugs. Um, so I've just been around a lot of instability sure. and that's kind of just what I seen. Um, so, so it sounds uh, yeah. like th- that lifestyle didn't, you were familiar with it. I was, yeah. And, and, and probably if, if you had other family members that were involved in gang activity and drugs and everything, you may not have even, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you may not even have thought of your drinking as that bad. Right. I'm just having a beer. Yeah. So uh, how did it develop to the point where you realized, whoa, dude, this is out of control? Uh, how, did, how did that pr- progression take right. place? Um, I think around more, I was definitely an adult. Um, I would say around 25 is when it really started, like I like to say, activating that beast within um, that we know as alcoholism. Um, yeah, around 25, 26 and up even till now I'm 30, I'm 33 now. Um, I would like to say that, uh, 
it, it really started becoming a problem because I wasn't drinking, uh, like I said, to be to be social or I wasn't drinking to even get a buzz and have a good time. I was drinking to cope with life and um, I was drowning my sorrows. There was times where I was drinking by myself and um, um, I would even have, uh, let's say, a bottle of vodka in the freezer. Um, and it's funny, I the way I explain it to people is when a kid... I have two daughters, so I know. On Christmas Eve, before you before you go to bed, you're all excited for the next morning. You know you're about to open up Christmas presents. Right, right. And it's pretty embarrassing to say, but this is just my journey. This is just the facts. Um, just the excitement of a kid the night before Christmas is how I felt when there was a bottle of vodka in the freezer. Wow. And um, I remember I would have to have a drink in the morning or you know, while I'm getting ready, it just made me feel okay. It made me feel like safe, you know, like I said. Um, so yeah. And, um, you know, then obviously, like I said, I'm currently living at a sober living home and, um, I've, uh, had my run run-ins with the law. Um, I have one DUI and, uh, so this was something that happened about, I would say in May of 2019, um, my first DUI, God willing, my last, um, it, it, it was a wake up call, man. Um, it was in front of fashion fair. It was in May of 2019. I was, uh, drinking and driving. Um, at this time I was doing pretty bad in my life. Um, I wasn't taking care of business as a father or a husband. Um, I was going through my own things inside my head. I was feeling alone. Um, I was throwing the pity party, just the whole nine. And um, I ended up rear-ending an eight-month pregnant lady. She was uh, actually with her boyfriend. But um, I was going about 45, 50 and uh, just out of it, man. Um, I rear-ended him. Uh it woke me up pretty quick as far as the impact. And um, once I realized that the people that I've hit um, was, were pregnant, I was just like, whoa, you know. And um, as I checked on them and all that and the police came and um, I ended up going to county jail and um, doing that whole process. And um, this was in May of 2019. And uh, it, it's it's been kind of an up and down journey since then. I would love to say that that was my last drink and ever since then I have never drank but um um that wasn't the case but I did go to rehab uh, for 6 months and I did uh, start the process of getting my healing and um yeah um that was something that I'll always remember because I could be in prison right now um with the with the dead baby on my conscience and uh, that's something that I would never want to live with being a father so well, and I was just thinking as you were telling that that part of your story, Isaac, because I know you, you have two beautiful little girls, and I can't imagine how, mm-hmm. again, like you said, when that when that hit you, yeah, uh, about what about what could be. That's got to be a very sobering experience. Yeah, it was, man. Um, you know, like I said, when I seen she was pregnant, I was like, whoa. And uh, I kind of, I, like I said, I kind of just woke up. I was like, man, you know, and really, e- e- even to this day, I wonder about um, that couple. And I wonder, uh, the baby is 
obviously born now and um, they're living their lives. But um, um, man, that boy or that girl probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the grace of God, man. So I'm very, very blessed and very thankful that everything turned out okay. Well, yeah, th- this kind of is, is a great um, segue into our topic tonight about being about loss. Yeah. And uh, obviously loss takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of different avenues, you know, when we talk about loss. When I, I think I was, as we were discussing earlier this evening, and I was, you know, talking about, you know, my experience with Zach, one of the, one of the things about loss that, that I feel is, uh, you know, Zach was, uh, he was 19 when he, when he died. And for my wife and I, you know, we've lost our future. We've lost our grandchildren. We've lost the ability to watch him get married. We've lost, uh, you know, seeing him graduate from college, seeing him start a business. Right. So th- our loss is kind of seen in, in his absence. Uh, you know, and when I think about Zach and I think about all the things that he lost and not just his future that he lost, but how much of his present for the several years that he was using that he lost too. So there's loss. And then I think about all the loss that other people that could have known Zach and known all the wonderful things about him that, you know, that were lost as well. So again, loss has a a whole lot of different aspects. And I'd like you just to kind of talk about that and maybe, you know, you know, talk about as a, as a child, I don't know if if you felt a, a, a sense of loss as you were dealing with, you know, your, your parents struggles or, uh, you know, then in your twenties, you know, how, how you feel that, that loss is hit or, or, or what you've lost that, you know, you can't get back. And now that, that we're working on. So I'll, right. I'll shut up now and I'll let you share. <laughs> nah, no worries, man. Um, yeah, I think, um, as far as loss, um, when I was a child, um, like I said, both of my parents were in the house. Um, it was a bit unstable for sure, but, um, I think I felt, um, loved. I felt protected. I felt, um, I felt pretty okay as a kid. Um, loss comes in more when I, um, turned, um, 21, 22. I felt real alone a lot of the times, you know, I don't tell a lot of people. Um, like I said, just because of, um, my personality, a lot of people don't think that, you know, someone like me wouldn't deal with being alone or feeling alone and stuff like that. But, um, I experienced that loss, Jim, to be honest with you, man, when I lost my brother uh, a couple years ago um, because we were pretty close. Um, he was he was honestly a good guy, man. He was one of those people who would give his shirt off his back um, to anyone who needed it. Um, and uh, w- when he passed away due to his disease, um, it was uh it was pretty heartbreaking man because we weren't really talking at that time um i remember um i was kind of living my own life i was trying to get clean and sober you know i was in and out of the rehabs i was kind of on my own journey man and um working and just you know trying to become a a, a good man and um i i wasn't really um involved in his life or reaching out to him um when he, at his worst so I deal with the loss of uh, not only my brother, but I deal with the loss of 
just the opportunity that I had to um, just to be involved in his life. And I, I have some regret. Um, I actually wrote a song about it um, a couple years ago um, after he had passed called uh, Open Up Your Curtains. And um, I, dedica- I dedicated it to him. And um, yeah, man, um, I, I miss him. You know, I, I really do, man. I miss him a lot. And um, that's one of the things that uh, motivates me every day just to keep going. You know, keep going for um, him and uh, many other people out there who are struggling with uh, addiction, whether alcoholism, substance abuse, or even mental illness. You know, I, I remember having a discussion with Zach one time, and I remember telling Zach, I said, uh, "I said, buddy, of the of the of the ten worst things that have ever happened to me in my life." You know, and. I'm in my late fifties now. Yeah. So there's been a lot of bad things have happened over <laughs> 58 years of the 10 worst things that have happened to me. Eight of them had to do with alcohol. Wow. You know, and, yeah. uh, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, and th- that doesn't mean that they were even all my fault, but alcohol was involved somehow. Right. Some somewhere on that trail, you know, someone who was drunk hit me, or right. you know, it it was a, a lost opportunity because I had uh, I was hung over from the night before, or some you know, wh- wh- you know, whatever this the story, you know, there's man, it's a uh, and you know, alcohol's legal, right? right? Yeah, right. It's yeah. it's on on every on every corner. Yeah, it's pretty accessible, man. On every corner, we have yeah. we have neon lights that that flash (laughs) that, you know, that tell you, Sarah. So it's, it's something that, that is, is drawing you in. And, and, uh, I think that when, I think if a lot of people that are listening right now, think about the things that have been lost, maybe in their, in their lives, relationships that have happened with, uh, people that are close to them. Right. Uh, those things that have lost, not just things that they have, that they have lost, not like uh, losing a car because they wrecked their car, but, right. you know, again, maybe just losing a, a, a relationship, losing part of the innocence that, that uh, maybe their children would have had if they, right. you know, hadn't been uh, drunk every night when they came home. You right. Know? You know, and I'm surprised I didn't really uh, um, mention that, but yeah, just hearing you say that, um, I didn't think of it at that moment, but yeah, man, just the loss of freedom. Um, I've been to jail. Um, the loss of memories and moments that I could have had with my children. Um, uh, my marriage was affected. Um, so every time I went to rehab, I was losing time with my kids. You know, when I went to jail, um, I was losing not only my freedom, but I was losing, like I said earlier, these opportunities to, to be the best father that I can be. Cause man, my daughters love me, man. And that's one thing that, um, I am very blessed and very thankful that um, um, their love towards me is so unconditional and it's so big. It really surprises me sometimes like, man, why did they, you know, they know what I struggle with. You know, they know that daddy's had these struggles and he's been away and this and that, but they continue to love me unconditionally, man. And that's something that just, just really hits my heart every time, man. And my wife being in my corner Till this day, um, the healing process is happening and it does take time, but 
to this day, she's just, man, she, she supports me, man. And she genuinely wants the best for me. And I lost out on a lot of years, man. Um, I should be a homeowner <laughs> by now. I should have a bigger bank account. Um, you know, but you know, um, I'm, I'm working towards that. Um, I don't see it as a um, loss now because my mindset is a little different, but I definitely understand the question. I definitely understand what you're saying though, because I did lose out on a lot of stuff because of um, uh, my choices, you know? Right. Well, yeah. and, and Isaac, just in the short time that, that I've known you though, I, I mean, you are a, you are a beacon of positivity. So, yeah, so you, you, you've, thank yeah, you. you, you've, you've obviously moved, you know, you, you've moved past that point. And there, are, right. I, I mean, I know a lot of people in recovery that never get, get to that point. Right. I understand. But, but, yeah. but you are, I mean, that's what you, pro, that's what you project and that's where you're at. So, so, so tell me, what do you see for yourself now going forward? Right. I mean, cause right. you know, and again, and, and I get it. You, the, the, I think that the, the past, uh, and 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 I can re, I can relate even though my past and your past are different, right? But yeah. my past, and 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 what I've dealt with with you know with Zach, I can stay there. And well, I'll tell you for for a whole year I was I was there, yeah. and uh, it, it was it was the hardest thing that I can ever imagine right. going through. And 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 every day feeling the loss of, right. of my son and feeling the loss of the future and, and feeling, you know, what I don't have. And then going through all the what ifs, if I had only done this, if I had only done that, right. Being able to, well, you know, I could have changed all of that, right. You, you know, and, and then fortunately for me, and I certainly see it for you, th there's a transition, right. right? And so s some amount of healing takes place, whether it's, whether it's time, whether, whether it's the hand of God, yeah. uh, you know, whether it's decisions that we make for ourselves or just time is being right. kind to us and our mind starts to heal. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and now there's a change. So now when I look, when I look forward and that's what the foundation does for me, right. Is being able to, to, to touch other people. Yes. Right. Is, is where, is where I see that. And so now the, the loss that I felt where before it was like, man, I put on sunglasses and they just said loss. And that's all I saw. I was looking through a lens of loss. Wow. And, and now, uh, and now I can still feel it sometimes, but it's almost now it's just kind of like a little fog. I get to wipe that off. And now I'm seeing, you know, opportunities and, and, yes. and I'm, and I'm seeing future and I'm saying, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, you know, with the foundation and, and, and what's moving forward with that. But, yeah. but, I mean, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about about your dreams now, you know, yeah. for, for the future and where you see yourself going with you and your family and and, and your work. Yeah, most definitely, man. Um, yeah, first, uh, before I answer the question, I do want to acknowledge you, Jim, because like you said, man, it's it's that lens through which we see um, our perception of everything, especially um, in a loss like yours, um, you know, um, the inspiration, the love, the kindness um, that you and Lynn show to this world, man, it's huge. And the, and the impact is uh, definitely um, 
Zach smiling down right now, man. And just being in his room, <laughs> it's 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 uh it's pretty awesome, man. I can definitely feel him, and I can definitely um um see big things coming for you and Lynn. And his life is uh, his legacy, man, is going to be lived on through you guys. So I just wanted to say that, man. You've been a big blessing in my life, man. And I know that God orchestrated this uh this coming together, man. So I'm very excited. But uh yeah, man, I um. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm sort of a wordsmith. Um, I read a lot and stuff like that. So, um, I write my own quotes. So I wanted to say one of my quotes, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. Um, you, you said the past. So it made me think of one of my quotes and it goes like this. You are not defined by your past, but you are defined by your willingness to go forward and be better. And that's something that I came up with when I was in rehab, believe it or not. And, um, it's something that I live by, man, because a lot of people will stay stuck in the past. A lot of people will define themselves by their past. And um, I kind of just um, I, I just chose not to no more, man. I've, I put my I put myself through enough mess. Um, uh, my alcoholism had a it had me by the balls, man. <laughs> Excuse my language, but it, it, it's something that had a real good grip on me. Um, but by the grace of God, um you know, in, in time and with support and, uh, through the right resources, um, I was able to kind of arrest that disease and kind of, uh, um, learn about a program and get the accountability, just all the right people at the right time came in my life, man. And, um, I'm very thankful for that, but, um, yeah, man, um, I just have this sense of urgency because of my brother's death and because of, yeah, you know, I'm getting older. Um, you know, I'm 33 years old now. Um, I, I just have this sense of urgency to have an impact because I know that one day I'm going to die. You know, I know that one day I'm going to be in a casket and I'm going to have a funeral and people are going to be talking about me and stuff right. like that. And I don't know when tomorrow's not promised. So I just try to make the best of each day. And it's not that I, um, it's not that I don't, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I am an alcoholic. I do have this disease of alcoholism, but even more than that, I have a stronger desire and more love for the people that I'm going to impact and for my family and for my daughters. Uh, I'm just chasing my dreams, man. You, I, you know, I have things that it, I try not to focus so much on saying no to alcohol. I try to focus on saying yes to the life that I've been given and the life that I see for myself. Um, um, I'm doing some writing and um, I actually uh, collabed with you and the Zachary Horton Foundation. Um, I do a thing called the word of the day. It just started out as a text. I just wrote a little inspirational uh, um, writing for the morning and I sent it out to all my friends and family and um I'm going to actually uh, have my own blog and my own section on the Zachary Horton Foundation. So I'm going to be doing that. Um, I have a lot of speaking um, that I see for myself in the future. Um, getting in front of at-risk youth or whether it's at a church or a juvenile hall or uh, just anywhere, man. I I'll talk to somebody at the grocery store, <laughs> to be honest with you, man. But uh, yeah, um, you know, I have I have some things in mind. I have a book I would like to write. Um Right now I'm working, um, at the, I have a job and um, I have my wife and two kids right now that uh, 
relationship and um, that's being restored. And uh, yeah, man, I, I see a lot of big things coming for myself. I just got to stay focused, keep God first and just keep serving people, man. Well, Isaac, I, I can, I can absolutely say that I believe that, uh, man, you're going to reach all your goals. You are just uh, dynamite. And, and uh, Hey, as, as we close down today, first I want, I want anyone to know that if, if, if you like what Isaac has said tonight, and if, if you have a group that you'd like him to share with, uh, please uh, reach out uh, th- through our website, get in touch with me, and, and I'll forward that information on, on to Isaac. Uh, you can um, always get in touch with us at uh, the Zachary Horton Foundation.org. Uh, and uh, as we uh, close tonight, Isaac, what I'd like you to do is you end your word of the day with something very special that I always love to <laughs> yeah. read. Can you say that yeah. for us right now? Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned, the word of the day is a little inspirational um, writing that I do every morning. I send out to all my friends and family. Um, I end it. I end everyone with this. And it's uh, another one of my quotes. And uh, it goes like this. Either you're going to be a light in this world or you're just going to blend in with the darkness. You decide. There you go. Yeah. I like that. So uh, I just try to be a light, man. There you and, go. And that's what I teach my daughters. I tell my friends, you know, there hey, you man, go. let's shine bright, man. Isaac, thank you so much for sharing with us tonight. Brother, you're someone I deeply love. And uh, to everyone out there, this is, um, this is Zach's dad. And uh, uh, till next time.